You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz for the 3rd of March. Is Rudy Gobert the litmus test of greatness for offensive players in the NBA? Joel Embiid and Rudy Gobert get ready to go head-to-head for Embiid. It's a matchup in one of the best centers. Who causes him problems? And who has he faced? And a Quinn Snyder Wednesday. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked On Jazz. Pow! How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice for the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA Insider. This is Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it way better to be a Jazz fan each and every day. Thanks very much for tuning in. To the show, final day before the All-Star break starts, Jazz and the 76ers, early start, 5 o'clock. If you're on a commute, you can listen on the ride home to me and Ron. We'll greatly appreciate it as the Jazz will play the Sixers, looking to end the brilliant opening part of the season on a on a win. Uh, crazy night last night in the NBA with all sorts of ramifications. Uh, it's, or it's happened. I told you this was going to happen. It's here. The... The Lakers have slid to third, and the Clippers have slid to fourth. So we're walking toward the number one seed with now a a three-and-a-half game lead on the Phoenix Suns. And our second-round matchup is becoming tougher and tougher. For all the talk, by the way, of how much we think we've been disrespected, the Suns are probably the team that actually has the biggest right for complaint on the level of respect or coverage this year. They're second in the West without a lot of talk. Pretty impressive. So tonight's the number one team in the West versus the number one team in the East in the Jazz and the 76ers. Uh, by the way, we'll hear from, uh, we'll get a little take from the Lakers and Clippers on their losses uh, last night coming up. All right, uh, I wanted to look at this. I, I, I checked this out last night because, we'll look at two years, because of what Zion did. So in three games against Gobert this year, Zion Williamson is 11 of 18 shooting when Rudy is the closest defender. 61%. And then this got really interesting because if you suddenly started to look at any, you know, defensive player out there who um, actually had, you know, face to go bare for, you know, I think I, I think I put a filter of, of greater than like seven shots or eight shots, you know, so you actually have a sample size and not someone just getting getting lucky, it, it got pretty interesting. So the uh, guys who've taken eight shots against Gobert it's and actually had success, it's absolutely the best of the best of the NBA. Like, whether or not you can handle Rudy Gobert seems to be the ultimate litmus test if you're an offensive player. So Luka Doncic this year, in two games when Rudy Gobert is switched onto him or guarding him, he's 8 of 12. That's the best of any player in the league. My filter was eight shots, so Jason Tatum's five of eight. Kawhi Leonard's five of eight. Giannis Atatokounmpo is 13 of 21. And Zion Williamson is 11 of 18. And Nikola Jokic is 13 of 22 with four of seven from three. It's interesting is the other guys are almost, you know, I haven't pulled out where their shot charts are. It's not, uh, that's not an easy search. Um, 
but it, it you know, it, it's certainly interesting to see. Um, here you have the best, you know, probably six of the best offensive players, all all-stars, are the only guys who've really had any success against Gobert. They're the only six players in the NBA who've taken eight shots near Rudy Gobert that are uh, have an over 50% shooting percentage. Everybody else is 44% or below. And as we know, some of them are crazy, right? Carl Anthony Towns is actually one of eight. Dorian Finney-Smith's 0 of eight. Steven Adams, two of eight. Cody Zeller, two of nine. Julius Randle, pretty good player, four of 15. Serge Ibaka, pretty good player, six of 21, four of 11 from three. Brooke Lopez, four of 14. Demata Sabonis, four of 14. Nikola Vukovic, five of 15. Shea Gilgis-Alexander, pretty good player, 3 of 18. Jamal Murray is actually just 5 of 13 this year. Bam Adebayo, we've talked about a lot, is 7 of 18. It's pretty interesting. Rudy Gobert, to some extent, has become the litmus test of whether what you are as an offensive player. We go back to last year. It's not as telling. It's interesting, actually. Devin Booker was 6 of 8 against Rudy. He was the best. Hassan Whiteside, interestingly, was 7 of 10. And Chris Paul and his little mid-range jumpers was 7 of 10. Zubak and Aaron Baines both had success. So last year, a little different. Last year, some guys big and powerful. Whiteside, Zubak, and Baines. And then uh, the one I didn't know was Derek Favors. Derek Favors and Rudy actually matched up against each other about as much as any two players all season long, only player that Rudy Gobert guarded more than Derek Favors last year was Nikola Jokic and Carl Anthony Towns. Bradley Beal had some success on Rudy last year. We haven't faced him this year. And Julius, excuse me, and Julius Randle, who had success this year, didn't. Rudy's overall defensive numbers last year, nowhere near as dominating as this year. The interesting one on... Last year, when looking up the regular season numbers, is that Jamal Murray was the worst shooter of any player against last year, 3 of 18. The other one that was one of the worst of anyone who took a lot of shots last year was Joel Embiid, 5 of 17. Bam Adebayo, 6 of 20. Shea Gilgis-Alexander, 5 of 19. So that's two years in a row, three years in a row on where they are. It's it's an interesting little look. Vucevic, 8 of 25 last year, struggled again uh, the other night. So, you know, we all know Rudy's impact. C.J. McCollum, just 5 of 14. Kawhi Leonard, who hasn't been good this year, just 4 of 11. Serge Ibaka last year, 5 of 13. Carl Anthony Towns, 13 of 38. Not great. Not great this year either. So we all know Rudy's impact. It's, it's certainly interesting to see where that litmus test is of kind of those players that are able to handle it. And this year, Rudy's been far more dominant than otherwise. So it'll be interesting to see tonight matching up against Embiid, the, the most powerful offensive player in the league. If you look at Embiid against the elite centers in the NBA, so if you start in the Eastern Conference, unless I'm, I apologize if I miss someone, like Brooklyn doesn't have one, Milwaukee, Lopez is not elite. Um, Giannis is, so that's pretty good. We could look at what he does against Milwaukee. Boston doesn't have one. Toronto doesn't have one. The Knicks don't have one. Mitchell Robinson's okay. Bam out of Bayou in Miami. 
Charlotte, Cody Zeller, no. Miles Turner, yes. Chicago doesn't have one. Atlanta doesn't have one. Cleveland has Andre Drummond, but I'm not calling him elite. Wizards don't have one. Orlando, Vukovic, certainly not defensively. So if you look at that, I'm really going to look at Bam, Turner. We can look at the Bucks collectively if we want to. In the West, the elite centers, I don't think Anthony Davis probably guards him. And the Clippers, Zubak, and is pretty good defensively, uh, but probably not what I'm what I'm thinking of. You've got Jokic. You've got Jonas Valanciunas. You've got Rudy. That's probably it. So let's take a look at Embiid against the Bucks this year. Uh, they have not matched up. So of all weird things, in the first half of the season, Philadelphia has not played Milwaukee. It's, it, you know, it's interesting. Philadelphia's number one seed in the West. In the East, I don't think anyone's talking about them as a legit title contender. Against Miami, in a win, Embiid was amazing. He had 13 free throw attempts. He hit all 13. He had 45 points, 16 rebounds, four assists, five steals. He just throttled them. Then two nights later, though, he goes just three of eight. They also win by 17. So so the second night, he's not great. Against Miles Turner this year in Indiana, uh, or Sabonis, their first matchup, he didn't play. And in their second matchup, which was the other night, he was really good. 24 points, 13 rebounds, 5 assists. They he, they were plus 16. He he went 10 of 17. Against Rudy Gobert, he didn't play. Against Nikola Jokic, he didn't play. Against Jonas Valanciunas in Memphis, probably the most underrated player in the league, he didn't play. So hard to really come up with a lot of analysis of who Embiid throttles, but I did look at who he went one-on-one against and who he shot the best against this year. So we'll look at that coming back here in in just a moment as we continue here on Locked on Jazz. Uh, Jazz tonight against the 76ers should be a great one. Number one seeds on each side as the Jazz try get to the break. The coaching staff gets no rest. They head to Atlanta. Donovan and Rudy do the same, but the Jazz have an extended break uh, there. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at Biograss. Everyone's getting excited to get out, get their gardens and lawns going. The weather the last few days has been amazing. And there's no better way to do it than the big yellow bag of black garden soil from Biograss. The best lawn and garden in your neighborhood, it's going to happen if you got Biograss behind you. Over 40 years of making Utah's gardens beautiful, Utah family, three generations, Santa Clark and getting the family story about biograss and the family keeping going, the dad working for the Reagan administration. Really cool kind of essence of Utah. Great story. And they've got a great deal for you for being a Locked On listener. Here's the, go to BigYellowBag.com, type in Locked On to get an incredible $40 off a cubic yard of awesome biograss black soil, uh, garden soil. That's biograss, big yellow bag, Locked On, Utah lawns and gardens just got more beautiful. Today's show is also brought to you by our good friends over at CBDMD. CBDMD, trying to help you get your sleep. Uh, March is National Sleep Month, and the official CBD of a good night's sleep is CBDMD. They want to help you celebrate March by relaxing, recharging, enhancing your nighttime routine. There's nothing more 
uh, calming than a nice hot bath. So CBD bath salts fuse superior CBD with a mixture of Epsom deep sea and Himalayan salts to turn any bathtub into a luxury spa experience. Choose from lavender or eucalyptus scents or soothing nighttime blend with all sorts of uh, soothing and calming effects. CBD bath bombs provide a refreshing, relaxing bath experience by uh, combining 100 milligrams of CBD with essential oils, Epsom salts, calming natural scents. It's all great. And it's all at CBDMD. Here's your promo code MBA for 25% off your next order. Use the promo code 25% off NBA at CBDMD.com. That's CBDMD.com. 25% off your purchase of superior CBD products with CBDMD. Locked on today. It's your 25, 20 minute run through the items of the sports world. It's just a great program. If you have, please add it if you have not already. It is just, uh, I'm such a fan of what uh, is being done. Devin Booker gets ejected. The Suns uh, beat the Lakers is their lead story of the day. LeBron, uh, what's going on there? The upcoming um, uh, Texas effect on the NCAA women's tournament. And a huge night in college basketball last night. Like, I don't follow college basketball, so I use uh, Locked On today to get me updated. And there was massive stuff uh, taking place last night. All right, uh, here's who Embiid has done well against, using kind of the same data I used for Rudy. Um, Here are the guys this year that he has gotten at least six shots against and and how he's played. so Ennis Canner is he's torched. That's who he's scored the most against of anyone in the league. Fifty-five percent shooting, Score, shot fifty percent against Jared Allen. He annihilated Tristan Thompson to the tune of thirteen of fifteen. He crushed Thaddeus Young five of six. He destroyed Precious Achua in Miami on that game. Maybe Bam Adebayo didn't play that game. That's an interesting little note. I just looked up at whether they played Miami. Let me go check that. Because if he destroyed Precious Adebayo, or Precious Achua, that would lead me to believe that maybe there was no Bam Adebayo in that game. There was not. Oh. Well, that's not a good reference point of him actually having a good game against anyone. And their next game, Bam Adebayo didn't play either. Oh. So let me take that back. Uh, He hasn't played Milwaukee. He hasn't played Bam Adebayo. Uh, he hasn't played, didn't play Miles Turner in the first game. He played Miles Turner last night and, uh, or two nights ago it was 20 of 17, um, in that game, um, and was really good. Uh, 10 of 17, 24 points, 13 rebounds, hasn't played Rudy Gobert, hasn't played Jokic and hasn't played Jonas Valanciunas. Oh, okay. Um, who else is he? annihilated uh harry giles four of six bismack biombo seven eleven cody zeller seven eleven miles turner the other night seven of eleven pretty impressive mason plumley wendell carter we mentioned so who has he struggled against because that's the big story aaron baines he's eight of 26 shooting against aaron baines this year he did go the free throw line 12 times through five fouls boban has caused him problems three of nine thomas bryant early in the year he went nine of 21 Marcus Souls caused him some problems, three of seven. Mitchell Robinson, three of seven. He played DeMarcus Cousins for 16 possessions, went seven of 16. Same thing with DeAndre Jordan. So those are the guys that Embiid struggled against. Last year, looking at Embiid, he went one of 16 when guarded by Marcus Soul. He went one of seven on Paul Millsap. 
He went two of nine against Todd Gibson, two of eight against Jason Tatum, five of 17 against Rudy Gobert, nine of 30 against Brooke Lopez, three of nine against Derek Favors. Jokic, he went five of 14 against. The guys that Embiid destroyed last year, Mo Wagner, LaMarcus Aldridge, DeAndre Hunter on switches, Maxi Kleber, Damon Jones, John Collins, Rashawn Holmes, Thon Maker, Tristan Thompson again. Wow, that's something else two years in a row. Dwayne Dedman, Jimmy Butler, Jakob Pertl, Myers Leonard, Zubak, Miles Turner again. Those are the guys he shot over 50% against. He was okay against Steven Adams. He was okay against Bam Adebayo. It's interesting. We'll keep an eye on it tonight. It's going to be fun to watch those two uh, go head-to-head in that matchup. All right, let's take a second. Last night was kind of a crazy night. Both Lakers and Clippers losing again. Let's go here first from our friend Chuck Mockler of Locked on Clippers about what's happened to his team. How's it going, Clippers fans? Chuck Mockler here, one half of the hosting duo over at Locked on Clippers, coming at you after the frustrating 117-112 loss to the Celtics. Kawhi Leonard was a late scratch with back spasms. Marcus Morris took a concussive elbow after he was playing well, so the deck was stacked against the Clippers in this one. And despite Paul George's 32 points and 25 from Reggie Jackson, some ugly issues reared their heads yet again. The late-game shot selection was frustrating. It looked like it was very much forced and looked a little too normal, if I'm being perfectly honest. The Clippers can't wait for the All-Star break to get here so everyone can get healed up. On to the Wizards and this much-needed break. Clippers have lost uh, three of their last seven uh, in their matchup, so that is a little bit of why they're so desperate to get to the end. Uh, the visual on this one is better than the audio. Anthony Irwin's Locked On Lakers comes with him with a headband and a uh, bandage around his arm, but here's what he has to say about the Lakers' loss to the Suns. Anthony Irwin here for Locked On Lakers, and uh, this one did not go very well. For those Lakers, they lose to the Phoenix Suns 114-104. to Everybody's a little banged up right now. That's their Lakers answer to everything. Might be accurate. LeBron's going to sit out their next game. And, you know, it gets interesting here with this, how we talked about earlier, the Jazz kind of walking toward the number one seed and... There's two things about this that are going to get interesting. One is the Jazz got to play well. Two is it'll be interesting to see if the Jazz get far enough ahead that we have to take the foot off the throttle. That's something a Quinn Snyder team has never done, and then try to regain it would be really interesting. We don't have really, frankly, the 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 experience for that. The chances of winning an NBA title. Now, this is because teams aren't playing well, and maybe it doesn't feel that way. Maybe it's inevitable that the Brooklyn Nets are going to play the Los Angeles Lakers. But if you go to 538 right now, the chances of winning an NBA title for everyone who wanted some parity in this league, and it it was on its way to having parity to some extent or having at least a mystery of who's going to win until the cap spike, and then Kevin Durant went to Golden State, and, and it blew that up. Right now, the Jazz have a 16% chance of winning the finals. The Clippers have a 15%. The Nuggets, who were brilliant last night, blowing out the Bucks, have a 15%. That's worth noting. 
The Bucks have a 13%. The Nets have an 11%. The Lakers have a 10%. Denver, by the way, is still real. Like, I know their record's not, and you, they're 20 and 15, and they're still real. They'll, they'll be the fifth seed, if not higher, by the time we're done. The crazy one is the Jazz as the one seed will play the winner, likely of either Clippers, Lakers, Nuggets... In the second round. While the Clippers-Lakers play the Suns. I think Phoenix is going to end up with a two or three seed. And the Lakers or Clippers are going to limp to the finish line to try to get ready for the playoffs in this bizarre season. And it will be really interesting to see whether or not they can just turn it on like that. Milwaukee's last, last loss last night's a little unnerving and they're 5-5 five and five in their last 10. This is just a, it's just a weird season. I mean, I said it earlier, like when you're watching, it's awfully hard to decide that you're going to make these, you know, kind of out these projections or knowledge pieces off of these performances because it's, it's just so hard to tell what's really going on with each of these teams right now. And I think that that, you know, when you, when you try to do that, it gets even it gets even more complicated um, because night in and night out, like, right, the Clippers lose Kawhi, which is, it's, it's you know, I think the more thing is just that his inability to keep getting ready for every game still probably has something. And then the Lakers, as Anthony Irwin saying, you know, they don't have Anthony Davis. They don't have Marcus Soule last night. They don't, um, they didn't, uh, they had Schroeder back, who's just become vastly overrated for, his impact on games. But I mean, and Kyle Kuzma's out. So, I mean, they were missing arguably, you know, three of their four most important players in my book. Schroeder probably deserves to be in there, but, you know, against the Lakers, a, a Suns team that's healthy, right? A Suns team, the Suns and Jazz have been equally healthy this year. Booker gets ejected in the game, uh, bizarrely, and only plays 24 minutes, but it doesn't seem to matter. Um, and, and they're, you know, they're good, right? They're good. Um, they've got three or four guys coming off their bench who are nice players that aren't playing for Phoenix, which tells you that they've got, you know, 240 minutes of basketball, which we talk about with some regularity. All right, it's Built Bar Madness in March. Quinn Snyder Wednesday coming up here in a second. Built Bar Madness in March. Who's your number one seed? If you're a Built Bar eater, so the they they came out with a, a, a coconut chocolate brownie bite recently like that is unquestionably my number one seed now it's not available right now but that's like without a doubt my number one seed in this conversation if i'm going to a number two seed i might just go to the coconut cookies and cream is really strong i would put them as a number one seed if i'm choosing four number one seeds i would go with mint brownie as a number one seed and probably salted caramel now i don't do nuts. So I can't comment on coconut almond or peanut butter brownie or some of the others that the other guys are talking about as number one seeds. So I'm not, I'm not there for it. We're going to choose in the month of March the best tasting, best bar by far on the market. Candy bar, protein bar, it's hard to tell. Don't sacrifice, satisfy with Built Bar. 100% chocolate on every bar. Amazing tasting. The only protein bar that's tasting good enough you'd have a bracket about. Right now, you can get three packs of Built Go with every 18-bar box purchased 
as well. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. Get 20% off your Built Bar order. Locked on Bets is your daily betting podcast. 15 minutes. We, we line this up so you can get it all done. Right? Locked on today's 20 minutes. This is about 30 minutes. We make sure that we get this all lined up for you each and every day so that you can get what you need uh, and get it all done. So you get your sports run cap recap on Locked On Today and Locked On Bets with Lee Sterling at Paramount Sports and with uh, your boy Q. It's absolutely fabulous show. Cat, fast moving, fun uh, takedown of all the things that are going on in sports and he just nails the most random picks. Last night, he said it. I'm not buying Duke, Georgia Tech at home. Georgia Tech in overtime, 81-77 over the Blue Jackets. Blue Jackets? Blue Devils? Sorry, I just combined the two teams. So, you've got it. I mean, Lee just is nailing it. So, make sure you go grab Locked on Bets. It's all brought to you by BetOnline.ag. 50% welcome bonus for you at BetOnline.ag. I was on the site the other day looking at their Players' Championship lines and some of the other uh, golfing. Golf's a fun one to bet on, actually. Um, I try to, you know, I don't do a ton of gambling. We're not allowed to do any NBA gambling. Um, so, but I was checking out the odds at betonline.ag for the upcoming players. Um, I do have a little friendly bet with my daughter all the time. So I, I was actually sneaking the experts over here and getting my little, um, getting a little bit of a uh, shall we uh, say, inside information. Uh, I thought this was an interesting one. If you're a golfer, they have a fun bet. McElroy, DeChambeau, Howland, Reed, or Hatton at plus 185 or the field at minus 225 for the Arnold Palmer Invitational. That's kind of a fun one. They also have make or miss cuts. So if you want to, you can... Um, you can bet whether somebody makes or misses the cut, which makes the Thursday and Friday game kind of fun. They have a group. You can kind of bet different groups. Um, they have a bunch of little props as well on uh, playoff featuring three or more players. Playoff need to determine the winner. Will there be a hole in one? Winning margin. Nationality of winner. A lot of fun. They just do a great job at betonline.ag. The... Home with Locked On, you get 50% welcome bonus. That's free money, by the way, if you haven't figured that out. 50% welcome bonus. All right, every Wednesday, we try to highlight some of the best stuff we got from Quinn Snyder during the week. Let's lead it off this week with some talk about offensive rebounding. Well, I think the, the biggest um, challenge is no one wants to give up points in transition on, on defense. So it stands to reason that, you know, you want guys to get back, and that's, you know, who we've been and what we've done. Um, we felt, you know, that it was something that we wanted to look at, um, and it's something we've, you know, a lot of things that, that we're doing now are things that we've kind of, you know, looked at previously, but looking at it and thinking about it and actually doing it, you have to really cross a threshold. and. In the bubble, we decided to send certain players and then um, felt like we, we just needed to go all in and, and trust that our guys care and that if they go to the glass and they don't get it, that they're going to really work to get back. And, you know, hopefully, we, you know, we score. And when you score, your transition defense is better. And for us, it's key to have Rudy back. Um, 
because we don't have, you know, a lot of size in uh, in the backcourt. Um, we're really, you know, Rudy just does so much, and he's got length and size. So we felt like, you know, it's sometimes it's harder for us to defend in the open court anyway. We talked about this during the week. I mean, this is the Jazz of the sixth best offensive rebounding team in the league now. Um, it's a convergence of offensive possessions are worth more defensive. Uh, offensive rebounding drops so much that there's more value. You had room by which to be successful. There's there's a lot of different things that are that are taking place there that um, are are leading to this kind of change in offensive rebounding tonight. Uh, Philadelphia is the fifth best offensive rebounding team as well. A signature of the Quinn Snyder era has been third quarters. So the Jazz are the best team in the NBA in third quarters by a fairly significant margin. This is not actually new for Quinn. So right now the Jazz are, you know, by far the number one team in the league. They're six plus 16.5 per 100 possessions. Clippers are next at 19th. Uh, Last year, the Jazz were the eighth best team in third quarters. The year prior, the Jazz were the seventh best team in third quarters. In 17-18, they actually didn't have third quarter success. But if you go back to 16-17, the Jazz were the fourth best in third quarters. And then in the 15-16 season, when they weren't actually that great a team, they were 40-42 and for the season. They were the 10th best in third quarter. So this is a signature of Quinn Snyder. I tried to get him to talk about it. I didn't get a lot of success. Well, I think, you know, there's a limited amount of time and you have to be discerning about what you want to show the team. Um, talking about, we we'll, we keep clips throughout the course of the first and second quarter to show the guys at halftime. And if there's a, a certain concept or a play that we need to adjust to, we're able to, to do that and show them uh, so that our players really understand it. Um, sometimes there's points of emphasis. You know, sometimes it's, you know, do what we're doing, just do it better. And then I think a lot of credit goes to our players, um, their ability to figure things out on their own. All right, our final thing uh, I thought Quinn had an interesting perspective on was the Toronto circumstance. If you missed this story, Toronto's Nick Nurse, the head coach, goes into safety protocol, uh, COVID protocol, and in turn, five of his assistant coaches have to. Luckily, one of their coaches was in Europe coaching and came back and was in the midst of a quarantine and had no contact. So he was able to coach the team. So... They, they, that was kind of a fortunate thing for them, or else I don't know who would be coaching. Um, you know, one of our former Jazz broadcast assistants, Connor Varney, is in the uh, in the video staff. They're kind of separated from the coaching staff. I, I could imagine he and Chris and and the crew down there uh, suddenly having to pop, come out of the video room and like coach would be crazy. Uh, probably mean that Mike Conley is coaching the team. Uh, anyway, here is what Quinn said. That there was a little tongue and cheekness there, but. Um, Here's what Quinn said about that unique circumstance that took place in Toronto. There's so many things now that you don't uh, have an awareness about until they actually occur. Um, In this case, there was some discussion um, surrounding where we sit on the plane. Um, You know, when we have meetings, we distance during those meetings. And we actually all have a device that that when we're together as a staff and as a team that we carry with us that allows, you know, people to determine how close you are to another member of the group and how long. So um, a lot of these things are put in place for a reason. Uh, As far as actually thinking through, you know, a plan, if something like that were to happen, I think it's something that you'll, you'll find 
team's doing. I, I, I think, you know, at the outset, it's, you know, that's one of those things that's hard to anticipate, but, you know, we're aware of that close contact for extended periods of time, particularly on a plane. Um, it's one of the reasons that, you know, they, they structure the eating on the plane certain ways, and there's so many safety measures that go into it. But, you know, again, th those things happen sometimes regardless of how um, compliant you are or how much you plan. And it's something I'm sure that um, everybody will think more about now. And hopefully Nick is um, healthy and, and uh, their whole staff can, can get back to, to coaching. Well, hopefully we won't have to deal with that, and hopefully Nick is fine. All right, Philadelphia 7-6 and six in February. Jazz won 11, lost one, won 9. Now are 3-3. Three and three. Two of these teams heading to the break. Best records, NBA in the East and the Western Conference going head-to-head -head at 5 o'clock. Should be a great one. Thanks for tuning in. Right now, tell your smart device to listen to the most recent episode of podcast Locked On today.